You're listening to Journeys, a bite-sized podcast produced by Comma DC, a nonprofit organization that provides a platform for immigrants and the DMV community to share their stories, skills, and ideas. I'm your host, Ben Jaffe, and today's guest is independent curator and creative consultant at the Anacostia Community Smithsonian Museum, Fabiola Delgado. Well, my name is Fabiola R. Delgado, and I go by Fa. I'm a Venezuelan human rights lawyer by training, but I, I'm now known as a curator. I'm an independent curator and a creative consultant. I currently work at the Anacostia Museum. And before that, in my past life, when I was a lawyer, I used to be a regional manager for Amnesty International back in Venezuela, where I'm from. And I guess I, I had always been an activist, basically all my life. And that position led to a lot of danger from a government or a dictatorship that really attacks any human right activist. So that activism proved too dangerous. And I moved to United States where I am currently seeking political asylum. And you know, for things in life, I now seek justice, not through law, but through art and cultural experiences. And how did you get to the art side of human rights after originally being trained in law? That's funny, because I feel like I've always wanted to work in art. But in Venezuela, there was not really an option for me to study art management, or I didn't know what a curator was. And you know, and the country's falling apart. So, you know, a country that doesn't have museums and barely has water, I thought that law was one of my only options. And I thought, okay, well, that's a way in which I can help my country. I can train myself. I can be an activist, but I can know how to work the system and, and help fix my country from the inside out. And after I came to DC and started pursuing a career in law, I realized that everyone's a lawyer. They don't need another one. (laughs) Also, my law degree doesn't work in this country. I need to study again. It's not the same laws. Um, So that plan backfired. (laughs) At one point, I had seven jobs. I realized that by volunteering, that's not the hobby. It's not that I wanted to be a lawyer and like, oh, volunteer as a hobby at museums. I wanted to do that job and maybe volunteer at a law clinic (laughs) once in a while to help, but make this museum, art, culture, my full-time job, still pursuing justice, but from a different perspective. And these art spaces in DC have been surprisingly (laughs) really open and inviting, um, which has opened many, many doors for me, especially now at the Smithsonian. Once you get in one, it's like, I've worked at four Smithsonians right now. Started at the Hirshhorn, American history, worked for the Freer Sackler for some events. Now I'm at the Anacostia Community Museum, which is pretty awesome. (laughs) And how do you feel now, uh, reflecting back on your journey from human rights law to now the museum world? How did that journey make you who you are today? It's, I'm, it just amazes me and it, it baffles me because when I look back, I don't recognize, it's, it's not that I don't recognize, is that it feels like I have parallel lives. I, I do believe in parallel universes 
and it feels like maybe like eight different timelines all mashed up and it's like a remix suddenly when I was like wait but I was a lawyer wait but I worked at Amnesty wait but I was a student wait but I did this and how did I make it it's it's crazy because I I was a little bit aimless I just had a desire and one of my favorite memories or moments is that when I was I want to say like 13, 14, the door of my bedroom was just filled with pictures and prints and things that I liked from like beaches and clothes, like anything I liked, I would just, you know, tape it to my door. And I had pictures of the Hirschhorn Museum. My wildest dream was one day to come to DC and stand across the street from the Hirschhorn and take a picture of it and stand in front of the Smithsonian castle and take a picture of it. Like that was my dream. I never saw myself inside of them. I didn't think I belong. So I just wanted to take a picture of them. That was like, if I can get there, that would be amazing. And I forgot about that for many years until my mom showed me, you know, once one time on like FaceTime or something, she's, you know, she was in Venezuela and she showed me my door. I was like, Fa, everything that you have put on this door, like you've all done it or bought it or traveled there. Or like you have Paris, you have New York, like you have all these things. And I was like, oh my gosh, I dreamed. And I remember how vividly I felt that it would be amazing if I can take a picture of the museum. And now I work in them and I don't even think it's so unattainable anymore um which is a blessing it's is beyond words and it's funny to think of journeys because as long as I live like the journey never ends I'm still pursuing things I'm still like going with the flow Como vaya viniendo, vamos viendo, which is uh, how we say in Venezuela like as it comes we go we see <laughs> And, and I hope that even after I pass, like the journey will continue, you know, in my spirit and my future kids, legacy, maybe people who remember me, the, that journey, quote unquote, will continue to exist. But I feel like I never stopped being an activist. I'm still Venezuelan. I'm still in pain for my country every day, you know, for my family, for my friends, for my country, as, as even the idea of what a country means. I'm here, I'm still requesting asylum. So I'm always in this fear of like, I'm in a limbo. I don't know if I get to stay. What if they say no? What if they, yeah, don't let me stay. Where will I go? My country doesn't exist anymore. And if I go, I could probably get killed. Like, it's just a lot to think about, but I've been lucky that even after all of the aggression and violence, America has welcomed me and I've made a network of people that were all supporting each other. Like I could not have done it by myself. And it's not just the people who gave me jobs, but it's the people who would take me to an art show and would take me to a, you know, a concert and would introduce me to their friends and would share a meal with me and invite me to their homes. It takes a lot of people. And again, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm here. I'm grateful that I can open doors 
for others. Uh, everywhere I go, it's like, if I made it here, you better bet. I'm going to hold that door open. Because like, entren que caben cien. Like, if I'm here, I'm bringing others with me too. Um, so any job, like, if you're an artist, if you're an activist, like, I organize things, mostly art shows and, and cultural events. But for the Smithsonian or outside of the Smithsonian, I work with a bunch of organizations and I'm always looking to collaborate with people because that's what's gotten me here so far. And do you have any final thoughts or uh, recommendations for people looking for the next step in their career and journey, especially people in comparable situations, uh, people who are asylum seekers uh, and or refugees? Uh, well, yes, I mean, the, the network part is the most important. Uh, when I got here, I had the safety that I came as an au pair. I didn't think I was gonna stay here. That was not my plan. And so when I was an au pair, I, I got to meet other au pairs from many parts of the world. Um, so I made friends, I started volunteering at different events. That's when I started volunteering at the White House, which was also like, I never thought I could do that. And I'm like, I'm not a citizen. <laughs> they don't care, they need volunteers. And that way I just met so many people and you never know who you're gonna meet. Anybody's there, not necessarily to help you. It's not a, a matter of using people. It's not like networking, like the DC networking, but building a net, building a safety net. And the safety net is other people. When you're a refugee, when you're an asylum seeker, I feel like that's the, the sticker that they put on you, like refugee. But you're not that. You're a doctor. You're photographers, you're nurses, you're teachers, you're parents. So you're so much more than just the label of refugee, immigrant. <laughs> you're a world within yourself. And there's so much to learn from each other. So that, that is something that I truly appreciate. I read a quote, I don't know who said it, but it said something like, good educators know that education is about learning, not teaching. And, and that's the journey, continue to learn and share the knowledge with those around you, no matter the class or the race, no matter what your background is, because there's always something to learn from each other. A big thank you to Fabiola for joining us, and I thank you to all our listeners for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and family and stay tuned for our next conversation next Friday. If you are interested in being featured as a guest on Journeys, you can reach out to us at commadc.org or message us through Instagram at, at commadc. Take care, everyone.